Hello, everybody, and welcome back again to the 11th episode of The Lab. <laughs> Sitting with me again here, Brandon Weirig and Alex Schroeder, who are both holding up two fingers and shaking them like crazy. Uh, so, today we're going to do a quick little Q&A with Brandon on speed training. So, he's just going to sit here and talk to you guys for about 10 minutes on agility ladders. So, uh, oh, hope <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh, he's <laughs> Get a little bit more into uh, no. I just wanted to kind of bring up a little Q and A with Brandon today. Talk a little bit about speed training. Uh, just wanted to kind of pick his brain. Uh, so first of all, what do you necessarily start off with when an athlete walks in the door and you, they've never done speed training a day in their life? How do you ease them into the graces of speed training? Well, kind of like I said before in another episode, I can kind of get a lot out of like how you move in a speed aspect through our dynamic warm up. Warm up our first. Four exercises in our dynamic warm-up are like ankling drills. I can see how stiff your ankles are, how weak they are, things like that. Um, then we go into a double ankling drill, which is just can you apply it with a rhythm. A skip, how uh, powerful is your hip flexor? Can you keep your toe up in a dorsiflex position? Can you keep your down leg nice and straight? Can you maintain hip posture? And then our last one for that would be a high knee recovery arm, which is like a top-end speed Um technique at a slower pace so can you sink your knee joint and hip joint up at the same time so from that alone i can get a pretty good feel but usually uh, that's why i start mondays off i try to get all our new kids in on a monday because it's acceleration day um pretty much every court field sport athlete accelerates at some point in time doesn't matter if you come out of a hip rotation or a shuffle or a, a cut you have to accelerate so if your acceleration mechanics are off Coming out of hip rotation into off uh, acceleration mechanics will be off. So you should just work on our, our first three steps. I'd like to break them up into two motions. We have a, a powerful first step, and then we have a fast first step. So there's a whole bunch of drills you can do just to tweak those in a little bit. Okay. How have you gone about utilizing the wickets with some of your athletes? Um, I use wickets a lot, actually. I've, uh, we've made Now that we have the space for it, uh, Wicket Wednesday is a thing now. Wicked Wednesday. Wicked Wednesdays. That's awesome. Um, we have uh, set up for females and males. Um, we have enough space where they can actually get a whole ten to fifteen yard um, acceleration burst into it, and then we have anywhere from eight to ten wickets for it to start shutting it down. So it's just a great tool just to sync those two joints up. To where if you bend your knee joint too much, your foot's going to go way above your butt, and that's just going to cause there's not enough ground time or enough time because the ground's coming for you to go your foot above your butt, underneath your butt, into a front side mechanics, and then underneath your hip, and then going into that uh, motion that lever's way too long and in a very short amount of time. So it really forces you to shoot your heel straight up underneath your butt into a good front side mechanics, into a, a good ground contact time, which is why wickets are awesome. If you overstride, you'll run into them. If you don't have enough power, you'll run into them. And then the biggest thing is... is um, if you don't have them perfectly set out, which there's plenty of equations, there's plenty of already um, feet lineups where you can just put the wicket down based on age and uh, things like that. Of course, you're not, you're not overstriding to try to get to the wickets. Makes sense. How about the application of sled training with speed training? Uh, I love it. I think biggest thing is, is people overdo it. There's two different things. You want to be powerful that day, which is... If you're thinking more power, I like to go maybe anywhere from 30 to 40% body weight, just working on that forward and back motion. Biggest thing with acceleration is if you, people think that if their feet move really fast, 
they're going to be fast. Well, <laughs> <Obviously>. especially especially <laughs> if so, I'll have people come in all of a sudden. They're they're like just taking five steps to cover five yards, but they think their feet are moving so fast that they're going somewhere. It's like okay, maybe three steps in five yards or four steps, depending on how well you are, how powerful you are. Mm-hmm. So dragging something heavy will force that that foot to come through nice and low. If you know anything about like track athletes, the Jamaican toe drag is what like Usain Bolt and them guys come up with. It's just that it's not the foot coming up into the butt. It's coming through nice and low. It's a long lever, but it's a powerful lever. That's what you want whenever you accelerate to get the ground going. And then, so that's what I use heavy stuff for. But if you're working just straight speed, anything above 10% body weight is going to throw your ground contact ground contact off. So increase your ground contact time, you're going to be slower. So people are trying to do these speed, like top-end speed, uh, top speed um, sled drags, like 25, 35% body weight. And that ground contact's way too slow. It's not mimicking a fast enough um, fiber twitch to really get speed in. Okay. So with using the tough tread, um, how have you gone about using that for distance runners? Um, I use it more just for um, working on their gait pattern and then just settling into a, a speed. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, we've had we've had a girl go um, I don't, international. I guess would be. I mean, it's all over the world. Yeah. Um, she's uh, at the time she's eleven and she was running seventeen miles an hour on it and like all these haters coming out said, "Oh, it's not actually that fast." Things like that. Well, like no kidding. The belt's doing all the work. We're not stupid. We know that the belt's doing the work. She's just keeping up with that speed. So her, her cycle has to be in a, in a perfect position. Her hips have to be in a perfect position. And if you've ever run on a high-speed treadmill, if you have any forward lean at all, it's gone. that foot is flaring up behind you. It's going above your butt. And you're either, A, catching on to the handrail, or you're smacking the handrail or going and going behind. <laughs> so we I use that thing. It's just as a – especially in the wintertime. I mean, we do live in Ohio. It's, yeah. It got negative 30 last week. It's a you're, tool. You're not going outside. Yeah, it's definitely a tool. And we can still work at, at a max. Your body's still moving at max velocities and a huge range of motion. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets us through the winter. But Makes as sense. for runner, distant runners, I mean, it's if we have some elite runners, I mean, we got high school kids that are run four, 420s, 430 mile pace. Mm-hmm. And your average treadmill is not going to hit that. The fastest an average treadmill will go is, 60, is six miles an hour, I think. Six mm-hmm. minute mile at 12. Yeah. 12 and a half. Around that. So we can actually get our distant runners. A very good uh, workout. It's not a mechanical workout where obviously you have, you have a point A and you finish at point B and you travel somewhere, but you're still getting your heart rate up. You're still having to move uh, through a large range of muscles or range of motions, and you still have to use all the muscles you use to run. Okay. Um, let's go with. <clears throat> so you have a college athlete, um, and we'll say that they are a sprinter. So 100, 200, 400. Um, and they have not been able to hit a, a PR in a year on any of their times. Um, what is one of the things that you are looking at first to correct their issues? Uh, if we're looking at 100, mm-hmm. we're looking at their are – they, are they built for 100? Okay. Okay. I mean, that's the one thing. A lot of people – What's they're, your perfect build for the 100? If you were to build a uh, genetic freak, uh, it's not, I wouldn't say that. I mean, you've got people that are six five that like the same bolt who can run a, a hundred fast. Then you got people like Tyson Gay who's not quite as tall who can run a hundred fast. I think it's all fiber type. Can you produce power? Uh-huh. Are you strong? I don't care if you're tall. I don't care if you're lengthy. Lengthy. 
I don't care if you're short and stocky. Can you produce power in a fast... Is your rate force development mm-hmm. explosive? Mm-hmm. That's what I think. A lot of these people are... 100 and 200 are different races. I mean, yep. you got somebody who's like our Toledo girl who can straight... She's explosive. She's powerful. She's explosive. She can handle a 60 well if she gets her acceleration mechanics down a little bit better. But you move her out to a 200 and 400, it is a rapid decline just because she doesn't have that capacity. <laughs> to hold on yeah. to it. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, you you want to be really good. Be really good at it at 60 and 100. Mm-hmm. Then you got Okay. Like, so for that example then, that's a great leadway, I guess. How would you fix that? Or how would you try to fix that? To, to build her strength up to hold that? Top end speed longer. Uh, a lot of it's just um, tempos. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can obviously you want to keep moving things fast, but and then it's what people will start messing up is is they overdo it. Mm-hmm. Okay, your 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 race is a four hundred. Mm-hmm. Why are you running an eight hundred? Yeah, <laughs> your, your race is a hundred. Why yeah. are you running a, a four hundred? Yeah. Okay, you can you can get great work doing 90 percent tempo work at a two hundred, or even vice versa. I, I wouldn't even probably have my four hundred runner go over a six. And that's just that's a that's a big base day, yeah. yeah. And it's not a it's a it's a tempo. Okay, you're gonna hit maybe if your splits a forty five, your four hundred a forty five. You might hit a the four hundred mark at a a fifty five, mm-hmm. and then just finish it. Work on your posture. Work on your knee drive. Work on building your hip flexors up. It's kind of building that um, uh, muscle mechanic issues whenever. you're you're tired. A lot of people that when they break down, they'll go to shit fast. Yeah. And it's a wrap. You'll start leaning forward, you'll start butt kicking, you start fighting yourself, you're wasting energy, and then you're just when you see someone get tense, oh that dude's done. Would you would you shut them down as a coach then? Final question. Yep. Yep. Why? Once you start breaking it down, that's that's your threshold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's let's stop there. And then over time, we'll build that threshold. Mm-hmm. It's like anything else. If you can't bench 500 or 400 pounds, are you going to put 400 pounds on the bar and try to bench it? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Die. Drop you just your... need to get humbled real yeah. quick, and then it'll be yeah. like, oh, shit. Drop your threshold down, work on your mechanics. It's, people think it's it's like lifting. Yeah. You're not going to... Running and lifting, they go hand in hand. You're not going to over... Try to outdo more reps when your mechanics are shit. It's the same mm-hmm. thing as run, uh, running. Yep. True. Understandable. All right, guys. That is our quick like short. On that. <laughs> I was gonna oh, say, yeah. man, you were like Rain Man right there, yeah. all over the place with that. That was great. I took my pants back but... on. <laughs> no, we hope you guys enjoyed that quick Q and A with Brandon Weirig on speed training. We will see you guys next time.